What's going on, everybody? We got Jeff Smith in the house today. He's one of my good buddies for episode two, uh, Radar Golf Pro, for those of you who don't know on the internet. Uh, Jeff works with a bunch of players on, on tour, and uh, we had some good talk about you know his players, what he's working on, uh, a lot of really cool coaching insights for those of you who are up and comers. And Jeff and I work on the same coaching platform on the internet that he started. So we got into a little bit of talk about that too. So uh, yeah, listen up. It's a really fun conversation between the two of us and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us this week. We got a really fun guest in the house. One of my really good buddies in the golf industry and one of my business partners for our coaching platform, Jeff Smith. Uh, some of you may know him as Radar Golf Pro on the internet. He works with a lot of tour players. Um, and like I said, we do a lot of work together on some instructional content. So I'm happy to have Jeff on. So uh, yeah, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. So uh, just to get started, for those who don't know, I just want you to introduce yourself a little bit and just talk about you know um, your career, how it got started and things of that nature. Yeah. I mean... Um... I'm just another golf pro based in, uh, in, in Las Vegas and, um, been teaching, uh, full time now for, um, a little over just, just under 10 years now. So full time. And, um, uh, my, uh, my journey to, to, uh, to where I'm at right now is kind of crazy. Um, I tell the story, I actually get asked this a lot, but I tell the story a lot. And I would say that my path to, uh, uh, to professional golf, uh, teaching out on tour is, uh, it, it's very unique. Um, I would say a lot of being in the right place at the right time and, and, and being lucky enough to work with some really good players kind of gave me some exposure to, uh, to allow me to be where I'm at today. But, you know, long story short, you know, uh, played, played golf growing up, um, was decent to average player, uh, played in high school, realized, um, Pretty early, I wasn't good, good enough to get any kind of big-time college scholarships. So, you know, that was kind of the the end of my pursuit of, of, of playing golf. You know, there was never any kind of I want to be on the PGA Tour. I knew I wasn't really good enough. But when I got into college was really kind of the the, the years where uh, my curiosity was was kind of running wild with, with golf and golf instruction. I, I loved it even more. Um when I was trying to figure out how figure out the swing and things of that nature. And, um, you know, I, you know, how I got full-time into teaching, I, I first started in the, in the golf retail business, believe it or not, um, selling golf clubs. And, you know, that kind of led me to moving to Palm Springs and, you know, starting down at the bottom, working, you know, outside services, cleaning clubs, parking cars out at, uh, PGA West. And so that was, that was kind of how I broke into the game and, or broke into the instruction world. And then, um, from there, it kind of led me to Las Vegas and, and I've been there for, uh, almost 13 years now. And that's where I make home. And, um, you know, that's, uh, I teach at TPC Summerlin and I, and I've been at that club for almost seven years now. That's uh, really impressive. The fact that you obviously didn't come from a typical background of a lot of coaches that we see who went in the PGM program. So the professional golf management program and, and obviously you didn't study like a lot of people in school. So the fact that you have the knowledge you have, I think is extremely impressive given obviously how you got started in the industry. Yeah. You know, I think that's obviously been one of my gifts. Um, I, I feel like I have a, a huge capacity to learn 
And I think I've done that in various fields throughout my life. Um, I played professional poker for a while. Um, I studied the game. I read every book. I joined all the training websites. I played live. I played online. And and I made a great living doing it. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like I kind of, you know, not necessarily conquered that, but I felt like, um, you know, it was, I made a, I made incredible living doing it, but you know, lifestyle changes, getting married, having kids, those things, you know, it's, it's not really conducive to, to being a professional poker player, but the skill of acquiring information, the skill of, um, you know, uh, measuring what you do, the skill of getting better, creating hypotheses, challenging those hypotheses, trying to figure out better ways to do that. I feel like I've done that in a, in, in a few different fields in my life. And, and I don't think golf is any different. I, I was lucky enough to be around some really bright people in the golf industry and, and some great players. And I just kind of picked their brains. And, you know, I, I tell everybody all the time, all the great players that I've worked with have taught me way more than I've probably ever taught them. It's it's kind of cool that you uh, talk about that because obviously, um, and this is coming from my knowledge of our relationship and so on, that we we both clearly have a very scientific approach to our instruction. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not kind of just you know the quick tip, quick tip kind of instructors of uh, just coming up with some form of like basic information. We have obviously a lot of detailed uh, background to what we teach and the why behind it. Um, so it doesn't surprise me one bit that you kind of applied that same concept in the previous industries through, through your golf instruction as well. I kind of like that a lot. So, uh, would you tell us a little bit, just your philosophies behind the golf swing or something that maybe a lot of people don't necessarily know or understand? Yeah. You know, I could go off on any number of tangents here, but I would say at the end of the day, it's a blend of a, of a couple of different things. It's, um, Number one is it's a blend of really, really understanding ball flight at a high level. So understanding, you know, the collision model between the club and the ball and, and using tools like TrackMan and other, you know, Doppler radar devices to really, really understand, you know, ball flight. Um, from there, it's very much reverse engineering um, how you want, um, you know, how, how I wanted impact. So this was kind of how I, patterned my uh you know my own training sort of speak this mm -hmm. about 2000 and i want to say 2012 or 13 is when i got my first track man yeah and after seeing track man and hitting shots on it and you know it kind of blew my mind that i was really operating for the first half of my life under you know misguided ball flight information and so from there, I figured out pretty quickly, wow, if I really understand what's happening between the club and the ball to create ball flight, then I can kind of reverse engineer how I need the player to move or how I want to move myself. And so I really, from that point on, start, started to try to learn as much as I could about the body, um, all the joint centers, all the range of motion. And that led me into doing some 3D measuring with a lot of players, really understanding tilts and, and, and just basic geometry in the golf swing. And, you know, it was right around that time I was spending a lot of time with, um, Grant Waite and, um, you know, he had a huge golfing machine and Morad McElgrady background. And so he was sharing that information with me. And also Mike Bennett and Andy Plummer were super, um, insightful and, and really, really, um, 
digging into swing geometry and at the time and they they had come up with some very very uh, great ways to describe it and so I, you know after i really had a, a great understanding of, of of ball flight and swing geometry the the last piece of the puzzle for me which has probably been an evolution over the last i'd say five or six years was really digging into golf swing kinetics and um, you know, not to confuse your viewers or a lot, but it's basically when I say the word kinetics, you know, I, I get often I'll ask, you know, what does that mean, for, you know, from players or from other coaches? And, and there's two words out there. And, and, and I think a lot of coaches are familiar with the first word. And that word is kinematics. Yeah. And for our viewers, kinematics is basically what you're what you see. It's how you see the golfer moving their body. And um, the kinetics are the forces and torques that are going on in the golf swing based on how that golfer moves their body and how they're applying force to the club. And so really, I, I would say the biggest foundational principle of my teaching today is just really the understanding of the kinetics associated with the swing. Is that the reason why you wanted to start a website to kind of dive into more detail on the science behind it that maybe a lot of people don't necessarily understand? Well, that, I would say that's one of the reasons. Um, I would say, in all honesty, the, the, the reason that I wanted to create Course Kings was out of demand, to be honest. Um, I, I picked up on Instagram about six or seven years ago, and, and I built a you know, I just started out like filming my player swings and posting them and showing before and afters. And it just kind of blew up into this thing where, you know, next thing I know I had 30 and 50 and 60,000 followers. And I was just like, wow, the, the, the demand, the, the, the messages that I get, all of the, you know, the, the DMs coming left and right, I, I really can't keep up with this. And my email was kind of flooded. You know, I'm at the point now where I probably get 20 to 50 emails a day and you know you know 50 50 instant messages on instagram a day and i was like wow there's really a desire and a hunger out there for people to 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 get good quality information and to understand that information and i was like you know youtube really doesn't serve a purpose you can type in the subject box in youtube stop how to stop slicing and you'll get a thousand videos yeah and, really just a sea of information to people to try to sift through and find find their way through it and I was like there's got to be an easier way to do this what if I could what if I could go out and find really talented coaches who understand information at a high level who communicate really well and bring those people to those coaches together and create some kind of a platform to where a student who had a you know, either a very simple swing issue or even a complex swing issue could go onto the site and really see something that was pertaining to them and essentially teach people. What I do is I basically teach people how to teach themselves, honestly, all day long, from from the beginning golfer level to the PGA Tour player. I'm, I'm essentially working myself out of the job. I'm teaching them how to teach themselves. Would you say that self-correction is one of the best assets that a player can have? I mean, at the end of the day, in my opinion, it's the thing that separates the players at the highest level. That's kind of where I was leading towards. So um, what would you say would be the biggest difference? Obviously, you've dealt with a lot of tour players that have both succeeded. And I would imagine a handful of them that have failed as well. Yep. To what to what degree separates them in your mind based on your experience so far? You know, you know, just like I just mentioned, I mean, the obvious thing is overall consistency. 
Mm-hmm. And, and and that could be various points in their game. But I think that overall consistency comes from the, the fact that my players understand this information on a level to where they can self-correct. I don't need them to be golf instructors, but I need them to understand their particular patterns. And I, and I use the word patterns because I don't necessarily teach a method or a model swing. And yeah. if you look at my guys on tour from Aaron Wise to Scott Piercy to Patrick Rogers, I mean, their swings are wildly different. And I mean, you, they're not even close to similar, but the same fundamental principles in terms of the swing geometry and the kinetics associated with the golf swing and how to create force govern all three of those swings. And so these guys really understand this information to, to the point to where they can self-correct. And, and when I'm around great players out on tour, you know, playing practice rounds and, and stuff like that with them, I see them. I, I see guys start off hitting it, you know, pretty shitty the first couple of holes. And then the next thing you know, they've got it figured out and they've made adjustments that they need to. And they're just, you know, they're just striping it. So I, I think at the end of the day, when you look at those top 10 players in the world and you see how often they're top 10ing, like I look at Roy McIlroy and I'm like, this guy top 10s 80% of the tournaments he plays. Yeah. How can he be that much better at every part of the game than everybody else? And it's just that he, he just, he is good, but he can self-correct and his bad rounds are around par or slightly under par because of that ability to self-correct. So who are you working with on tour right now at this present moment? Uh, so I have three, you know, main guys on the PGA tour right now, uh, Scott Piercy, Aaron Wise, and, and Patrick Rogers. Yeah. And then I've got a big handful of players on the corn Ferry tour. And then dozens and dozens of players uh, playing on all the developmental tours from PGA tour, Canada to Latin America, to Asia tour. So there's quite a few of those guys. That's, that's great, dude. I mean, you're killing it obviously right now, but I think it's well earned given the amount of time that you've put into to try to learn about the golf swing and all of that. So it's uh it's admirable from my end of it for sure. Thank you. Just, just to uh, jump back into course Kings a little bit, would you tell us, um, so how many coaches do you have on the website right now? So I currently have um, four coaches and I've kind of, you know, when I, when I started the, the platform, I was like, let me go out and find some, some great full swing coaches, some great short game coaches and um, kind of rounded out with um, a strategy coach. And then the most recent person I brought on has been a fitness guy. And um, I think that is, an area of the, of the industry that is um, very misunderstood and if, and, and, and undervalued. And I, and I say that because I've seen, you know, um, Kevin Duffy, who, who we have on course Kings, I've seen him work firsthand with guys like Tommy Fleetwood and Jason day, and just a number of uh, Patrick Cantley, a number of high, high level players. And I've seen him, you know, not only enhance their ability to swing the club that they want to, but I've seen him make them stronger and faster and, and healthier. So, um, you know, that's, you know, that my idea with coursing was to try to, to try to round it out and get basically every part of the game covered so that no matter what part of the game, you know, any player might be struggling with, they could find something of value on the site. What would you say would be the biggest difference 
and this is kind of obviously a generic question that's that can take a wide range of topics, but what would you say is the biggest difference in your eyes based on what people used to teach from like 15 years ago to now? Is there a, something that's dramatically different? Um, yes, very much so. I, I would say that, you know, the history of golf instruction at its barest form was very good players would play the game at, you know, at some level. Um, many of them would 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 try to play professionally, and then they would either run out of capacity or desire to to keep playing. And then from there, that would spawn them into the teaching world. And I feel like, especially when I was growing up, I mean, I'm 45 years old now, so when I was growing up and taking lessons, you know, my pros were basically teaching me the feels that they had when they were playing, and they were great players. And so the problem is we now have so many different ways to measure things, whether it's with TrackMan, whether it's with 3D, or whether we're measuring ground reaction forces or whatever. We have so many different ways to validate what players are actually doing. I think that we've seen a shift from, hey, this is what I used to feel when I was playing, try this, to we've measured the best players in the world now, and this is what they're doing. So we've been able to more well-define what good players are doing now. So you would say that the science behind, obviously, all the advancements in technology are helping us quantify things a little more specific, a little more micro? Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, and people think it's very technical, you know, if you don't really understand the subject very well. But I would say that golf is still light years behind most of the other sports from a technology standpoint, especially you know, the Olympic caliber sports, I mean, it's just not even close. I mean, you think of something as simple as like running, right? I mean, you put one foot in front of the other. How fucking hard is that, you know, in your run? But if you go to Nike and you look at their facility, their indoor track, their indoor track basically has pressure plates every step of the way. And these people are measuring and monitoring how your heel strikes, how you push off certain parts of your toe and foot and the, the, the distance in your gait. And they're training people to run faster. And it's just, it's just all technology, you know? And, and so golf is in a place where, you know, a lot of technologies are being introduced right now. Um, some of it we're having to filter through and say, okay, that's good. That's not good. That's a waste of time. That's, that's advantageous to a player or that's not. So we're, we're kind of in that phase to where, you know, we're getting bombarded with a lot of technology, but I think we're still just barely scratching the surface. Yeah, I can only imagine that in five or 10 years, something's going to come out that no one has heard about, and then we're all going to dive into it in a little more detail. And I mean, at the end of the day, every 10 years, I would every decade or so, you know, coaches are getting better, players are getting better. And, you know, nothing regresses at the end of the day. We're all improving at the same time. So, yeah, yeah. In my, in my teaching lifetime, I think there's been a few pieces of technology come out that have truly been game changers. So I think TrackMan, for example, was a game changer. And I think it's changed our industry forever. Um, I think the ability to measure 3D, the body, is was a game changer. And I think the next game changer, honestly, is when we have a device that can measure the force that the golfer is inputting into the grip. So some kind of golf club with sensors on the handle to know the exact contribution of what the left hand's doing, what the right hand's doing, 
what they're doing, what they're netting out and doing together. I think that's coming. And, and then once we have that, it's I mean, going to blow the lid off of this thing. I mean, at the end of the day, how can you argue with science, right? If something is proven factually, what are you going to tell the guy that he's wrong? The, the facts prove otherwise. So, yeah, I uh, mean, there's, there's, there's science in everything we do. Um, but th there's still an art form, you know, all this information is useless if you truly can't explain it well enough for someone to understand in a very simple fashion. And that's, in my opinion, that's, that's the art and teaching. And that's what I see so many great coaches out there do. Like, like I watch all of your stuff and I love it just because I like how you communicate. So every time you put all those fucking Instagram videos up there with like six or seven different slides, I sit there and watch every one of them because I like how you communicate. And so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take a little bit from that and I'll, I'll watch George Gankus' stuff and I, and I love to watch George talk and he's a good friend of mine and his ideas are very creative. And so there's just so many people out there in the industry right now that are, that are just like sharing great information that that's the biggest cultural change I've seen in instruction because 15, 10, 15 years ago, that didn't happen. Golf pros were very territorial. Uh, they were trying to teach lessons behind a curtain. They didn't want their information scrutinized. They wouldn't turn on a camera and talk into it and put their information out there for people to scrutinize. It was just not done that way. And, and now it, it is, you know, and, and that's what Course Kings is all about is, hey, if you're an up and coming coach out there and you think you have something great to contribute, get in touch with me and Film a, film, a, film, a, film a video, film a lesson that can help people and send it to me. And I'll put it on the site and, you know, get you, get you, some, get you some publicity and promote you. Because that's, that's what really, at the end of the day, Course Kings is all about sharing information and, and helping players get better at golf. I mean, to be honest, that's kind of why I started my Instagram at the same time was because my idea was at the end of the day, you put information out there, right? Now people are either going to agree with it or disagree with it. If they disagree with it, obviously they're going to do their best to try to back it up with the reason why. Now, if you're proven wrong, you learn something. If you're not proven wrong, then you're, you're able to showcase, you know, your knowledge of, of what you're working on with your players. So I don't see any downside to be honest, to posting yourself publicly. I think it, it would make you a better coach. Um, either because you're going to have the ability to be able to back your, up your information with, you know, some form of debate, which is always healthy as long as it's done in a respectful way, or you learn something new. So there's no downside really. Yeah, absolutely. Like about five or six years ago, I was turning the camera on, on my lesson tee and just setting it up and letting it run. And I was filming all my lessons for like seven or eight hours a day. And I would go home at the end of the night and I would, watch the videos of me teaching players and I would critique myself and I would be like, fuck, that was terrible. Like that guy wasn't understanding anything I was saying. I'm using all these big words. I'm trying to sound smart. And, and that lesson just went right over that guy's head. Oh yeah. And, I've, I've done that by the way, about, you know, a hundred times maybe. Yeah. And so like I, I learned really quick, like, man, this isn't about trying to sound smart or, you know, trying to show a student how much knowledge you've accumulated over the last 20 years. It's about fixing that guy that's right there or girl that's right there in front of you in the, in the fewest words possible. And so I, that self-reflection and making videos and putting them out there and having people tear you down and take shots at you. And I mean, that's, 
it's painful, but it's, it's all part of the growth process and that's how you get better. I, uh, I couldn't agree more, dude. I just want to uh, talk a little bit about some, some fun stuff. Obviously, you know, the instructional world can be really complex because you travel so much for work and, you know, oftentimes you're at tour events with these players. Do you have an event that stands out that you like more than the others? Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, the highlight of my coach career has been coaching at the masters. I've been lucky enough to do it several times now. And I mean, there's literally no place like Augusta, Georgia. And, uh, just walking around that place and, and, and being fortunate enough to coach players that are actually competing in that event, that tournament, it, it's just, you know, Augusta's a whole nother level. What do they do that separates them from the other tournaments? Well, it, the first thing is, is they make, in my opinion, the golf course is not very difficult. So mm-hmm. um, they make the players feel incredibly uncomfortable and and not in a, not from a hospitality standpoint, like obviously they take care of the players from that standpoint, but yeah, like there's not a lot of information published. You're not allowed to go out there and put levels on those greens. Your, your caddies aren't walking around with, with levels checking slope values. You're not putting your track man down on the putting green. I mean, they didn't allow track mans on the range for players to use till I think three years ago. Wow. So it's everything's very guarded. Everything's very secretive. Um, you don't have your cell phones out there. There's all these rules and regulations. And, and so it's all, it all keeps the players very much like uh, not at ease and on the edge and, and, and not knowing. And you, it's like, you can't prepare a whole lot for what you're about to experience when you get there. And I think that's the biggest difference to me. So, a guy who has played there oftentimes enough, I guess, has a significant advantage, I would imagine, because of the fact that the rookie coming in is going to have such, you know, limited information that the player who's been there oftentimes, especially because they're guarding so much, I would imagine that they're just right off the bat, they're starting ahead because they understand maybe a little bit more of the course or the range or things of that nature. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, it's really hard for a rookie to play well there. And, you know, last year I was, Aaron was there, Aaron Wise was there for his first time and, you know, he did extremely well. I think he finished like 17th in the event. And um, the, the, the biggest thing was like, as a player, you've never chipped or putted on greens with that much slope and that much speed. And you're, you know, you're, <laughs> your, your mind is freaking out when you're even when you're in practice rounds you have no clue how hard to chip the ball or pitch the ball or you know tee to green it's pretty basic you know it's it's not super long and you know the par fives are really short and gettable and like I don't think the course tee to green is that difficult but it's honestly you can hit the ball on the wrong section of the green and not be able to two putt it or keep it on the green so the, all of the, the the local knowledge and the and the years and years and years of playing and knowing where to miss is what makes that place so special outside of the prestige of the course what's the first thing that surprised you when you got there like is there anything that stood out that you're like holy crap i wasn't expecting this at all the i'll tell you the organization of of how they do things how they get fifty thousand people per day that's monday through sunday that's practice rounds I and mean, it's the same amount of people every single day yeah how they get that many people flawlessly through the gates onto the golf course around the course there's not one speck of trash or litter 
or cigarette butt anywhere on the ground. It's absolutely pristine. Um, you you want to go get food. The lines are expedited and fast. If you simple things like going through the bathroom, it's just it's just it's like Disneyland for golf. It's just everything is so efficient and well done there. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Obviously, I haven't had the opportunity to get there myself, but I look forward to one day, and uh, I would I would like to see just how how nice the course is because obviously I hear stories all the time from players, and I work with a lot of players. But uh, you know, being there and seeing it on television are two completely different things. No doubt. Cool, dude. Um, here's here's a good question for you. What do you tell me? Why you wanted to bring on Jeff Pierce on Course Kings? Is there anything that stood out to Jeff? Obviously, you guys have a close relationship and you know who he works with, but what about Jeff makes makes him such a good short game coach? Yeah, first of all, Jeff's one of the smartest guys I've ever been around. And, you know, obviously I've met him out on tour and got to spend time with, you know, watching him work with, you know, certain players. We would be – I think the first couple experiences that I had with him, I was my, – my players were playing practice rounds with his players. and. Um, you know, I would just watch the way that he talked and watch the way he, he was teaching. And, you know, I've done my own fair bit of research in the short game and putting and, 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 uh, you know, we just started to compare notes and I'm like, wow, okay, this guy really knows what he's doing. This guy is very much at the forefront of, you know, short game putting, you know, scoring, if you will. And, uh, and we just hit it off. And so, you know, when I thought about who who do I go and get to to bring short game information to the masses, like he was at the top of the list. And lucky enough for me, when I approached him, he said, "Sure, man, I'm 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 in on it." So it's been we've been lucky to have him. When did you meet him? What event was this that you guys ran into each other for the first time? Gosh, I can't even remember the actual event now, but I'm, I want to say it was probably two or three, four years ago, and it was. It wasn't a very memorable event. I want to say it was maybe something like John Deere or. Um, one Sh- of- shout out to all the John Deere people who are super pissed right now. <laughs> yeah, it, it was so <laughs> memorable. I can't even remember where it was at. So, um, <laughs> you know, I can't even, I can't even tell you. I think he was working with it. I'm pretty sure the only thing I remember is I think he was working with Harold Varner at the time. So I love Harold. He's one of my favorite guys on tour. So that's what makes it kind of memorable for me. Sweet, dude. All right. I want to end off with one question for you, because obviously we have a lot of coaches who listen in and, you know, are just starting their careers up and comers. Is there anything you can tell them that would make them a better coach or something to focus on right now? And just one last maybe bonus point for them to think about long term as a coach. Yeah, I would say, number one, um, don't be afraid to fail. Um, Go out there and put yourself out there. Um, Put yourself in very uncomfortable positions. So if there's coaches out there that you admire or you think are doing it well, don't hesitate to ask them if you can come and shadow them. Like I, I host coaches all the time at, in Las Vegas to come and watch me teach. And uh, I'm flattered that they would even want to come watch me teach. But I also wish that I would have had the opportunity to do a little bit more of that when I was starting out in the business. So if you have an opportunity, so one of the things I would tell them is if you have an opportunity to go watch someone teach, whether you agree with their philosophies or not, go do it. Yeah. Uh, you can learn from. You it's not even just, it's not even just the information at the end of the day, just, you know, being able to listen to how they're communicating and choosing what to say or not to say is huge. hundred percent. Like I've heard some of the worst information 
presented so well that I almost wanted to do it myself. (laughs) (laughs) So um, there's there's a lot of different things. There's a lot of different things, skills that you need as a coach and and how to structure a lesson is a big one. And that was uh, something I was taught firsthand by Grant Waite. And I'll never forget it when, you know, the first time I taught a tour player, you know, he, he took me out on tour and, and, and exposed me to a tour player. I was like, Oh my God, where am I going to start with this guy? And in, in my mind, I was just always reverting back to, okay, this is how Grant structured a lesson. You know, he would measure him. He would, di- he would diagnose, he would explain, he would demonstrate, and then he would seek for an understanding. And so I'll, I've always kind of followed that template in my mind when I, anytime I'm teaching and giving a lesson and, and so for all, all the instructors out there that are trying to get better or just breaking into the game, go see people, you know, go pay them for their time, go take lessons from them. Um, don't be afraid to turn the camera on and, and put your thoughts down on video for, for people to critique. And um, don't be afraid to film yourself and critique yourself, you know, and just, just don't be afraid to fail. I mean, I think if you're willing to, to take some risk and some take, take some chances, you know, you've got your career to look at, you know, Shaheen, the way you've taken off and the popularity that you have and, 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 and the, how you've developed into, you know, one of the leaders in our industry. And, and then, you know, my, the success that I've had, I mean, it's pretty rare. Like we're not talking about two guys here that played on the PGA tour and, yeah. and how they parlayed that into teaching golf. Like we didn't play golf at an extremely high level, but some somehow we've been able to to make a great living and work with a lot of great players and and help a lot of players get better. So that's those are the things I would I would tell coaches to do is you know take some chances, take some risks. At the end of the day, that's how me and you met, right? Was the idea of how course games came up maybe two years ago, and obviously me putting my information out there and you liking the way I communicated it and the popularity that both of us had developed over time. I think that's kind of how we ended up getting to know each other. So obviously. You know, there's, there's, there's no, like I said, there's no downside to, to doing what you're saying. I, I, I agree with you fully. Absolutely. Well, dude, I'm, I'm really glad that you came on. Obviously I know you work super hard and you know, the fact that you're on the East coast right now and not even at home and you travel so much for work. I don't know how you do it, but um, I, I really appreciate you taking, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes to, to come on and share your knowledge and expertise with, with everybody who's, uh, who's tuning in. So uh, yeah, that means a lot to me. Yeah, man, I, and I appreciate uh, you thinking of me and having me on your uh, on your podcast. It was a pleasure joining you guys. Thanks, buddy. We'll uh, we'll talk soon and we'll meet up. All right, have a great time. Thanks, dude. So I really hope you guys enjoyed the podcast this week. Um, for those of you who don't know, Jeff travels like half the year working with a bunch of tour players. So the fact that he was able to find an evening while he was out on the road to to do this with me is. Uh, I'm really appreciative of that. I know how hard he works. Uh, for those of you who want to check him out on the internet, his Instagram handle is Radar Golf Pro. So R A D A R G O L F P R O. And like I said, we share a coaching platform on the internet. We spoke about it a ton on the on the uh, podcast called Course Kings. So if you want to check it out, just www.coursekings.com. There's a bunch of cool instructional content from me, Jeff, and a couple of other people. Uh, really detailed, specific scenarios. It's not so much like your quick tip information. It's more diving into the biomechanics about the golf swing. So check that out as well. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. We've got some fun people coming on, more caddies, more coaches, more tour players. 
and uh, it's only going to get better from here. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in and uh, stay tuned for what's coming.